0: Hey, this is Brian.
1: Hey, this is Amanda.
0: And you are listening to the Pro Tips Podcast.
1: Find your focus and level up your life using our random ramblings and pro tips to find that winning edge at life. We're pretty stoked about this episode this week. Um, We've got first-time NFR qualifying barrel racer Amanda Welsh with us. And Amanda, go ahead and tell us... um, where you're from, and a little bit of background history about you, um, about how long you've been running barrels
2: and and doing all the things. So, Okay. Well, thank you for having me, first off. I'm pretty excited. Um, I am originally from a little town in Wisconsin, and then we moved to Gillette, Wyoming, when I was six. And um, my parents had a dairy farm back there and just wasn't quite what they wanted for their family. So we moved out west and we really, uh, my little brother, I guess my brothers, they did Little britches Rodeo um, back in Wisconsin. And then it wasn't until I was probably 11 years old that I started really doing the junior rodeos out here. And then um, I trained my first horse at 12 years old. And he went on to win two Wyoming high school state championships and took me to the high school finals three times and helped me qualify for um, the college finals and a couple trips to the Mountain State Circuit Finals. And um, all my brothers, except for my little brother, they rodeoed. uh, They all rode bulls. My oldest brother, he's been to the NFR in the bull riding um, had a very successful career doing that and then my dad also rode bulls and my mom never rodeoed and um, so that's just a little bit of where we came from fantastic Brian
1: do you have anything
0: so I saw on your Facebook um, that you posted that your brother had the same NFR number is that right
2: Yes, sir. Um, He went seven times, and his sixth trip there, his back number was 70. And then this year, uh, our first trip is the back number 70. So we thought that was really cool, and it was exactly 10 years apart.
0: Wow. That is so cool. So
1: (laughs) I'm I'm a huge fan of I don't really believe that there Mm -hmm. are any kind of coincidences at all. Um,
2: How did your brother do at that NFR with that number You know, I couldn't, I can't remember exactly um, where he ended up that year, Um, but I also agree with you. I think it's a God thing that we both had the, you know, in the back number 70 and to be 10 years apart, like it just, it's not a coincidence. I, you know, like I feel like that was a plan and um, we just thought it was really cool. I love that so much. So um,
1: when did you start? Run in with the WPRA and going to per, uh, professional rodeos?
2: Uh, when I turned 18, I bought my permit and the horse that um, I called him Reno. He filled my permit for me. So I've been rodeoing in the WPRA pro rodeos ever since I was 18. And then um, and I've had some people look at me and they're like, and you're just now making it. I'm like, well, life happens. Yeah, I have two kids and, um, it just takes a while to find that horse that is tough enough to hang in there. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. So, um,
1: so how many years has that been, then, since you've been PRCA?
2: Oh, let's see, 15, 18 years? 18 no. years? No, 15. Okay. I think. Okay. What did, so. Um, I'm not good at math. <laughs> <laughs> So eighteen, you're not the only am... one here. Yeah, me neither, not <laughs> yeah. at all. So eighteen, I'm thirty-three. So okay, is that like fifteen years?
1: Yeah, roughly, we'll give or take. That. Yeah. Okay. So Sounds I didn't good. want to ask how old you were because a lot. Some people are like weird about uh revealing their age. I'm. <laughs> yeah. I'm not one of those. Like I will gladly and proudly tell you that I'm thirty-nine years old because a lot of people don't believe me. So. Um, yeah, I get that too. They're yeah. like, oh, you don't look 30 to me. I'm like, well, yeah. I'll take
2: it because I feel it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome. So um, when you say life happens, like what kind of life? Like you said, you have two kids. Um, what's your home life like when
2: you're when you're home and not traveling? Uh, my home life is I'm a mom. And of two, I have a six-year-old daughter, Raylan and a four-year-old little boy, Ronnie. And they're both in school in. So when I'm home, it's just mom stuff and then fitting in riding horses when I can. Um, their dad and I aren't together anymore. So when he has them, uh, my horses get a lot more extra time. Like I get a lot more extra time with them. And um, but uh, in the mornings, it's getting the kids up ready for school and then while they're at school, I try to ride and do all the things that I need to do that is probably a little bit easier while they're in school, and um, that's pretty much my daily life is just kids and horses. Nice. That's awesome. So, it's just trying
1: to find that happy medium and that balance between being a mom and being a professional rodeo athlete. Like, there, there is kind of, you know, it, it takes a, a little bit, you know, to try to figure that out, I'm guessing. I don't have yes. kids, so... So, you know,
2: yeah, Uh, it does. Um, In the summers, they get to go with me every other week. And I love I if I could have them with me every time I left home, I sure would. It does add a lot more work to it. But I just love having them along and showing them, um, you know, my parents raised us the same way I'm raising them. And um, if I could take them with me a little bit more, I would. And, uh, and they're both in school so that, you know, I got to take them with me so much last year because, uh, well, Raylan was in kindergarten, but they got to go with me a lot more. And I always had a goal that I wanted to make the NFR at least once before they got to school. Well, you know, it's God's time, not mine. And, um, this is the way it worked out. And, you know, that was one thing I've always trusted in God that, um, it's his timing, not mine. And I'll be patient and wait for it. And, um, but I do wish I could take the kids more often than what they get to. But this year, uh, they, they are going to the NFR all 10 days with me. So I'm super excited to be able to share that with them.
1: What great memories that they're going to have, you know, watching their mom yeah, out there so doing, cool for them. doing
2: that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and so that's,
2: awesome. um, Like, when I got home after, because I went home after Pendleton and when I got them back, um, because I hadn't seen them since the beginning of August, so it was about a month and a half. And uh, because Raylan and Ronnie started school, so they had to stay home with their dad. And uh, when I got to come home and tell them that mommy made the NFR their faces just lit up and they were so excited I wish I would have videoed it because it was the best feeling like it just made all those times that I had to leave them at home worth it and um that was the hardest thing you know I get asked like what was your biggest challenge and it's leaving my two kids at home was my biggest challenge this year out of anything and um you know, it's lost time that I don't get back from them, but to see the excitement on their face when I got home was—it was so cool.
1: Made it all worth it for sure. I can, <laughs> yes, I can imagine. Really. Oh my gosh, like you're hitting me in all the feels right here. I'm like, because oh. <laughs> like, I can just picture in my head like how excited they probably are, um, you know, to be able to go and watch you to do this. So um, yeah, if it was their
2: choice, they could have left that day to go to Vegas. <laughs> like, go right now. <laughs>
1: I love it. Uh, Brian, do you have any questions for?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you've been running with the WPRA for a few years now, but it seems like this year was kind of the, the one that it all came together for you. So kind of tell us about your year this year. Um, What were some of your favorite wins or rodeos to go to, or just maybe a couple stories or memories from this past year?
2: Okay. Uh yeah, this has by far been um I almost want to call it a fairy tale. Um you know, other than just a couple little things, our year went super well for us. Uh Firefly didn't really ever you know, like other than just, you know, being a little body sore from, you know, running in the mud or, you know, just all the miles and stuff. He stayed very sound. We didn't have any injuries. Um he did get sick with pneumonia. Um, and I just got him back. Actually, Reno was, uh, Pleasant Grove and Reno where his first ones back. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to take him or not, but, um, my vet, Dr. Carden, she's super awesome and was on top of everything and had a really good game plan for him to get him better for me. And, um, so other than that, it was, you know, um, just a blessed year for us. And, uh, I would say one of my best highlights, um, was San Antonio this year. I have never been to San Antonio and we, um, just due to qualifications and stuff, we got in and I, I didn't really have any expectations, when I went down there, I mean, obviously you want to do good, but I just was trying to enjoy everything. And that was one thing that I told myself that we would just enjoy the year and take it one run at a time. And, uh, we ended up winning second at San Antonio and that set up our winner, uh, really, really well. I think you won 11,000 out of there. And then yeah. it just kind of, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it just kind of kept progressing from there and, uh, I just told myself like we just really would listen to Firefly if he was handling everything then we'd keep going as long as he stayed happy and um he set an arena record up at uh, a little rodeo in North Dakota and uh we run in a little like it's a quonset that they use like on farms and stuff and they put an arena in there and um so that was kind of fun. And then this summer, some of our, um, I don't know, one of the best rodeos this summer for us, our 4th of July was rough. Uh, he actually had an abscess and I didn't know it until after the 4th of July, we had hit two barrels and he just wasn't really himself. And I was like, uh, this, this isn't good. Like your 4th of July can either make your year or break your year. And I thought this, you know, like this might break us and cost us making our NFR. And, uh, right before our run at Casper, he blew the abscess and I was like, Oh, now that all makes sense. And it was his left front foot. And he just kind of dove at the barrels and he's not one to dive at the barrels I was like I don't really know what's going on and then as soon as that come out um it it pieced it back together for us and um I don't know and then I would say another big win for us and a highlight of our year um was Lewiston Idaho he uh set an arena record there and I this summer I really wanted to run a sub 17 on a standard pattern and he did it there and set the arena record and uh, he yeah it was really fun um so when you say a
1: sub 17 record 17 that means so just for our non-rodeo people um what what do we what's the arena record for a standard Brian I know you I know you know oh I think so, it's a 16
2: is isn't it yeah and that's second right
1: or was it a 16 three Brian
0: so I think the world record is held by someone in Brazil and it's a 16 three but I oh, think yeah. is, isn't the WPRA record maybe a five
2: I think so because I think it was Haley Kinzel
0: yeah
1: yeah I'm sure yeah. I'm thinking Haley Kinzel has the WPRA record so so that's kind of a pretty lofty goal because as far as standard and running a standard pattern, your your average times for those are right like usually in the 17s, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yeah. Just so just for some of our non-rodeo people. So to run <laughs> run faster than 17 seconds on this like big outdoor pattern or whatever, that's kind of a big deal. So setting that goal is I mean, that's huge for you guys. Yeah.
2: And he was so close, uh, when we went out to the northwest and um in Walla Walla he was a seventeen oh I think he was a seventeen oh there. And then one other place, like he just kept getting a little bit faster and um I was like, Well, Firefly our out our big outdoor pins are kinda winding down and um, so yeah, it was kinda neat that it was one of our last few rodeos and he and we, we reached it and it was really fun and probably one of the funnest runs I've had on him all year. So, um, I had a question where to go.
1: (laughs) Just kind of escaped my head. Oh, how old is, how old is your horse? He is
2: 11 this year. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, tell us a little bit about him because I've been following you on Facebook all year and I'm a giant fan so tell us oh, a little you. bit about him how he's bred um
1: I knew I you were gonna say
0: are quirky so <laughs> if he has any weird quirks I just I knew Brian was alone in this
1: Brian I knew you were gonna say like tell us how he's bred because you're such a nerd when it comes to breeding horses so so uh Brian's a, a horse trainer by trade and a pretty pretty good one yeah that's yeah.
2: funny that you asked because um, we were at a wedding out in California, and I actually got to meet the guy that um, trained Dash to Fame's mom on the track. And that was one of his first questions was, well, how is your horse, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh But he is 11 years old. We call him Firefly. Uh, he did come from my mom and dad's breeding program. And I got to run both Firefly's mom and dad. We lost his dad in two thousand thirteen, but dad still owns his mom. So she's getting I think she's twenty this year, and um Firefly's the only he's the full sibling he's got half brothers and stuff, but his sire was a grandson of Frenchman's guy and we called him Frosty Frenchman. And his mom is a daughter of Hot Dasher out of a special uh, idaho, idaho special mayor and so that's kind of where he uh he's got a little bit of a hard head like kind of stubbornness to him and that's definitely on his mom's side and because uh, she's the same way <laughs> <laughs> and um but as for quirks he doesn't uh he doesn't like being alone at all but you have to be very careful on who you haul him with, and because he, he does get buddied up, and so I don't haul him with mares, and because he gets so silly over mares, and so I don't haul any mares with him, and in August, I sold a horse for a gal there in Gillette, and I thought, you know, after he went to his new home, uh, Firefly obviously was winning for his buddy, and... I thought, oh, here in a few hours, he'll settle down, and, like, by day five, I was, like, oh, my gosh, he was just pacing and, like, just would not settle down. He just really wanted his buddy back, and so I'm, like, I'm gonna have to do something, because if I don't find him a buddy, I'm not gonna have a horse to finish this season. Like, he's just gonna have himself so run down, and, um, So I found him a pony. I posted on Facebook looking for a pony, but it had to be a gelding. And we call him Petrie, and he was the best two hundred dollars I've probably spent all year for Firefly. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's a mini pony. So Firefly is sixteen two, and uh, yes, like thirteen hundred pounds. And then he has like this mini pony with him, and the little pony can walk underneath his belly. (laughs) <laughs> and um, awesome. yeah they are the best friends though and everybody keeps asking me does petrie get to go to vegas and i'm like yes that pony wherever firefly goes that pony goes and they truly are best friends and um so i would say that's probably his only quirk just kind of getting buddied up um other than that uh i don't think he really has any like real super bad quirks and uh, I like it. But he is, yeah, he, uh, he's all business, though. Very rarely do you see him, like, being playful and stuff. He is just very serious pretty much all the time. And um, he hates doing slow work. Um, there's been a couple of times where I've just kind of had to slow him back down and uh, just make sure our basics were correct. And not that he – it wasn't really – him it was for me because I was giving him too much of a pocket going in and I hit a lot of barrels coming out in kind of like the middle of the year and so I just was giving him too much room and um he does he gets he gets mad at me it just irritates him when I do slow work because he just wants to go fast all the time and so uh I try not to do a lot of slow work with him if I don't have to just to not upset him
0: <laughs> yeah Well, I think that's so funny about the pony because my calf horse has her very own pony now, too. So,
2: Oh, I was hoping you would say that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I never thought I'd be that barrel racer that hauls a mini pony, but he does stay. Like, when I get saddled and go warm up, Petrie stays at the trailer. Some girls will take Mm -hmm. their ponies up to the gate and stuff, but he does stay at the trailer. Yeah, I was like, I'm not going to be that one that – Care, you know hauls a pony all over the countryside for their horse like they can learn to be alone and right. here I am like nope that is the best thing I've done for him
0: <laughs> the things we do for our horses I tell you yes just to keep <laughs> them happy <laughs> that's so funny um so I have just wait. Oh, you yeah. Um, what is something that you won't leave town without for yourself and then something for your horse?
2: Oh, my horse.
0: Um, and I know he probably has a list, but
2: he does. Um, (laughs) two things that I do not leave town with. I'll do, I'll do two. Um, is his Rocky mountain CBD pellets. I do not go anywhere without those for him. Um, He does get a little bit of like anxiety once in a while, and that really helps him manage that and just kind of relax. And then um, I love the Accelerate Velocity blanket, and that thing goes everywhere with us. Sometimes he will uh, not be very settled in a stall, and so I'll put that on there. And just something about that blanket just really relaxes him. And he'll actually lay down and rest with that on. So when I keep him stalled somewhere, he usually is in that blanket 24 7. And um, just because I, I don't know what it is about it, but he, it just helps relax him. And um, so those are probably two things I do not ever leave without for him. Um, for me, I I don't know, I don't ever leave without my Bible. Um, it's either in the pickup or my trailer, and then obviously my cell phone, because I use it for the GPS, the internet, entering rodeos, like, I really do a lot on my phone, so obviously I can never leave that.
0: <laughs> yeah, perfect. Those sound, that sounds like an important one to have.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, um, I saw a little video that the PRCA had put up on their social media and you were talking about, um, at times you get to bring your kids and then the times there is a lot of time where you're still traveling by yourself. So you don't have a mm-hmm. traveling partner. You just
2: go like down the road by yourself. Right. Yes, ma'am. I, I went to a, I think three rodeos with, um, uh, Maddie Dickens this year. And um, but other than that, I was all by myself all year long. So how um, how do
1: you prefer to spend, I guess, that alone time that you're that you're using as you're driving? Like, what's mm-hmm. your preferred method of keeping yourself occupied? The thing that I appreciated about the video that they put up on the on Facebook was the fact that you were talking about, the choices you have between filling your mind up with the negative stuff or filling your mind up with the positive stuff. And so here on mm-hmm. the podcast, we're all about uh, positive mindset, forward thinking, thoughts become things like what you tell yourself actually manifests. So tell us some mm-hmm. tips and tricks that you have to fill that alone time so that you don't have to so you don't sit there and dwell on the things that went wrong so that you can focus on what's going
2: right. Mm hmm. Um, I do listen to, oh, um, like I love good Christian music, um, and that, like, Toby Mac, um, he's probably one of my all-time favorites, and then one song that actually I will play on repeat probably ten times in a row is Keep Me in the Moment, and, um, I can't remember even who sing. I should, Jeremy Camp, I think, is the one that sings it. And I listen to that song a lot. Um, And one thing that I do know as a believer is if you don't have yourself prepared to fight the devil with the word, um, man, he will eat you alive. And so, like, I always try. And listen to something positive. Um, I am a big fan of Stephen Furtick. And so I listen to a lot of his sermons. And his wife Holly. Her sermons are really good too. And they're about an hour long. And so like I'll listen to those on and off. And um, I always. After listening to them. I'm like man we got this. Like you know. And one of my favorite things to stand on is no weapon form shall against us shall prosper and that doesn't mean that they're not ever going to be there those weapons just aren't going to prosper against you so like you still have to fight them um but they're not going to win against you as long as you have the word of god and know how to battle against those and um and then another thing is that i do is My music, um, it doesn't have a lot of cuss words, it doesn't have a lot of negativity, but I love country, uh, Texas country, and so you don't really find me listening to music that has a negative message or, like, negative words in it, you know, Um, because I really believe that whatever you put in is what is going to come out, and... Um, you know, you'll hear someone be like, oh, I suck, and it's like, no, you don't, don't say that, because, like, you plant that seed now, and whatever you plant now, it's going to reap later on, you know, and so, like, it's really important to watch what you say out loud to yourself, and um, just like you said, you know, like, the things you say are going to manifest, well, Do you want to reap a good garden or a bad garden because it all matters what you put in and um my mom and dad and uh, my boyfriend craig he's been a really big help and like when i'm feeling a little bit down or like kind of questioning whether i should keep going or give you know give firefly a rest um they were always there to encourage me Can you hear Are you me back? back? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Woo
1: <Woo-hoo. laughs> oh, oh, yay for technology! That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't even know where we left off.
2: <laughs> uh, we were talking about how I stay positive, kind of. Yes. Yes. And um, so, like, I really rely on my family. Um, my mom and dad, and then they've been awesome this year. And my mom is one of those people that you could be in the biggest slump of your entire life. And she is the most positive person. And she always makes you feel like tomorrow is going to be the turnaround day. And so like, I talk to them a lot out on the road. Um, I talk to my boyfriend, Craig, like he's rodeoed quite a bit and, um, He's always so positive. So when I'm kind of second guessing things or maybe a little unsure, um, I go to them. And um, they're kind of like my voice of reasoning of why I should keep going. And um, there was a rodeo actually this summer that it was Burwell, Nebraska. And the ground is super deep and it's a little shifty. And i have just we've just never done well. And it's not one of my most favorite rodeos. And I had just gotten home with my kids and I thought, you know, like, I'm just going to turn out and be home with my kids and give Firefly a little bit of a break. And both my dad and Craig were like, no, you need to go. Like, we just feel like you should really go. And we ended up winning the rodeo. So I'm glad they talked me into <laughs> going because I was fixing on turning out. And then um, one thing that always helps me too is – calling my kids and just talking to them and uh, they're the reason that I are they're a big reason why I have chosen this year to go after my dream is whether their dream is to rodeo or own their own business whatever that dream of theirs may be if they get a chance to go at it i hope they do and i hope they look back and they're like you know what mom went for it we are too and i just, and i hope everybody not even just my kids like you know when you have kids people are like oh you're just a mom and like they're for a long time like i was just a mom and i wouldn't trade my kids for anything they are the greatest things that i've ever had happen to me and but that's not all you are. That's not, you know, God created you to, um, to be great. And so I'm trying to be great at the calling that I feel that God has given me and also the calling of being a mom. And, um, so it's just, my family has just been incredible for me this year. And I have some friends that they've all been, you know, Everybody in my boat is like actually in my boat for me. And I know any one of them I could call, whether it's eight o'clock in the morning or midnight trying to get to the next rodeo, like any of them would answer their phone for me.
1: That's freaking awesome. It's having a support system, especially when you're traveling and doing rodeo full time like that is so huge, you know and just yeah. knowing that you've got you've got so many people in your corner that are rooting for you mm-hmm. it I know that that's got to be helpful and beneficial to keep you motivated to just keep going.
2: Yeah, and like even I mean even in your photography business, you know, like I know you probably have those people that are like, "You know what? This is so cool to see you here. Like we want to see you even go greater than just where you're at right now and and to encourage you." And Brian, I'm sure you have a great support system too for all that you do and I literally I I could not do it without all those people um, the rodeo road can be very, very hard and lonesome. And like Lisa Lockhart and I were talking out in the Northwest and we were both like, we're ready to go home. Like, and, but we kept telling each other, like, stay hooked. Like you can do this. And I told Lisa, I said, if anybody can pull this miraculous ending to get in the top 15 off, I said, it's you. So like, keep going. And, um, it was, she was like I don't know like I just don't know if we can do it I have a lot a lot of late night drives I'm like you can do it like the horses in your trailer like you can do it just keep going and so it's just so important to have those kind of people in your corner
1: that's well and that's one thing that I really appreciate um you know I'm I've said this a lot on the podcast that I'm very observant with with anything I do especially when I'm out doing an event and I you know I just literally got home from the wilderness circuit finals, like 30 minutes before we started recording. (laughs) And, and, uh, I just, you know, I look at those girls that are, that run together, they call Utah and the wilderness circuit, like the snake pit, you know, because Mm -hmm. the level of competition is so tough and just like everybody brings their a game. And I'm not kidding. The barrel race in this weekend was super salty. Like those girls were in it to Mm -hmm. get after it and win it. And, but yeah, at the same time, everybody was cheering for everybody. Everybody was supporting everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody was encouraging each other. And, you know, that's one thing that I just really appreciate is that everybody's just, they're all competing against each other, but they're all, they're like cheering for rooting you as for well. Each other. Yeah, yeah. Because honestly, even just to get to any finals, like not just the NFR, not the not just the world nurse circuit finals or even like the nfr open that's coming next next year or whatever but to do any of this stuff takes a lot of perseverance and a lot of try and it's a brave and beautiful thing mm-hmm. for people to really just put themselves out there and push and start going after those dreams and you know it's just you really have to appreciate those people that are in your corner and especially those other competitors Oh yeah. when you're feeling like crap and they're just like, no, you can't quit. Like you literally did not come this far just to come this far. <laughs> yeah. Like why, yes. why would you throw in the towel now? You know? Well, so, I yeah, mean, that I, is huge.
2: Yes, I totally agree. And like, um, so the Northwest rodeos, I had never, Firefly has never been out there before. And I had only been out there, I think one other time, a long time ago. And, uh, We entered Ellensburg and Firefly isn't one to not turn a barrel like he doesn't I mean it's very rarely you see him run by and the first round of Ellensburg he wanted nothing to do with turning first barrel and I was like oh he's hurt like this is not good and so then we made our second run that same day a little while after the barrel racing first round got over and he did the same thing and I'm like yep like he's hurt I go, I'm like I need to go home and so I was talking to a couple you know Megan Sprague I talked to her and then um, a couple other girls that have ran out there a lot in Ellensburg and they're like no dude, not because I don't whatever it is about Ellensburg some horses either like it there or they don't it's kind of like Cheyenne like horses either love it there or they don't mm-hmm. and apparently he just did not love it there because he I mean oh I think he was, like, if it was a jackpot, he probably would have been in a 3D-40, he was oh, all far, like, Jesus. it was terrible, and so here I am, like, I need to go home, like, I just got out here, but he's hurt, like, he needs time off, and usually, like, if he gets sore somewhere, he'll do it three runs in a row, or he'll, like, kind of fight me at the gate three times in a row and like he never fought the gate so I was like okay he like he went right in and then um where did we go right after Ellensburg um was it Walla Walla or Filer 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 Idaho yeah I saw you in Filer yeah and I I saw you yeah Here's our third run. Like, I'm going to listen to you. And he goes in and works like a gem. And I was like, okay, maybe those girls were right. So not only that, like, to have, you know, have those other girls. And some of them were in the top 15. Like, they're like, just forget about it. Just, like, wipe your slate clean. Just go the next one. Don't base your Northwest run off of Ellensburg because some horses just do not like it there. And so for whatever reason, he just didn't like it there. And we went on and um, the rest of our Northwest trip was really good. But it's so neat to have even, you know, throughout the year. And I'm a very quiet person. Um, I have a hard time making friends because I'm not the person that will come right up to you and start talking to you. Like, I'm I'm pretty, pretty shy and just reserved and stay to myself And so to get to know some of the girls that are in the top 15 has been incredible. And it's kind of helped me grow as a person to to be the first one to talk every once in a while and, you know, try and make a new friend. But most of the girls in the top 15 have been so incredible. And like, I'm such a huge fan of Emily Bysol. Like, she is the sweetest person on Earth and whenever I have a question I text her and she always gets back to me and so I probably annoyed her a few times this year just asking questions that I just didn't know but she never like not once did she ever ignore me and so like it was just made me respect her so much more just as a person that, you know, I had questions about rodeos I'd never been to down in Kansas and stuff, and that's kind of her area, and she was always willing to help me out, so, like, she's, she's been really awesome to get to know this year. She's so stinking adorable, like, her her
1: (laughs) interviews last year at the NFR were the best, Yeah, because, you know, they, they're all, everybody's always got something to say like social media is just it's literally like it's the worst but oh it you is. know I loved how one night at the, at the awards deal she's like she's like they can criticize me and like tying my hands down as much as they want but obviously something's working because I'm standing up here and they're not you know <laughs> <laughs> and like, and it's like oh snap she just is like what's up guys you know so yeah. um so quick question how do you like what kind of stuff do you do to kind of wind down like after a run or after, like when you're alone at night in your trailer, like what kind of stuff do you do? Like self-care kind of stuff, mental preparation. Um, I know you were mentioning you listen to the Christian music and things like Mm -hmm. that, but there, is there any other kind of like stuff that you do to kind of just set your, set the tone, um, for your run like when you pull in a place or like or how you can erase a bad run to get ready for the next run Mm
2: -hmm. uh usually like if I'm going through like a slump or just maybe some things aren't going right one thing my dad always taught me was to visualize the run that you want to make and so if there's a time where I go in and I'm a little bit nervous or like things just haven't been going good um I, I always try to pick out a run that maybe not won us first, but was just, you know, I rode correct. I put him in the correct positioning going in. <clears throat> and, um, so I just try to always visualize the good stuff and, um, like self-care. I don't, I don't just, even if I'm just sitting out there with Firefly and Petrie at night, um, I, I tend, well, Firefly gets a lot of treats. And so, like, I'll just sit outside with him and give him some treats and just where it's quiet and just not really even think of anything, but, you know, just thank God for what I have and just sit out there. And um, I think it's good for those horses, too, to not only just see you when you're getting ready or feeding, just to spend time with them, just to watch them walk around their pen, um, you know, and like, Firefly is my best friend. Like he's helped me through some of the hardest things that I've gone through in life. And, um, I, I feel like when you're really connected to not even just a horse, but like your animals in general, like they know when, when you need them the most and the, the times, you know, in the last year and a half that I've needed Firefly the most, like, I feel like he can feel that. And he's always just you know, he's not a horse that likes to be loved on a lot, but it always seems like he knows when I just need to love on him a little extra, not for him, for my own sake. And um, it's like I just try to spend a lot of extra time with him out on the road. Um, when I have my kids, we usually just kind of watch some cartoons at night and settle down and, you know, just to to spend a little extra time with my kids is you know, one of my routines too out on the road. I love that. Oh my gosh. I love how you
1: said just this the being quiet and just hanging with your horses and <laughs> yeah. just uh, sitting there appreciating the moment, you know, and just being where you are. You know, I've done I've done that before too. Mm-hmm. Um so at the wilderness circuit finals this weekend, like it's I mean, it's go time. Like from the time I get there till I basically leave, but mm-hmm. there was a time um, Friday night after the performance I went up and I was shutting down all my strobes and I took a second to just sit at the top of the stairs and look out over the arena and just be like okay you know what like this is good like I love this yeah. stuff so much and just take a second to just be present in the moment and think back of, about everything that you've done to get to that present moment. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't I didn't wake up one day and be like, I'm gonna go shoot the wilderness circuit finals tomorrow. No, it took <laughs> me years to get there, you know? <laughs> and so it's like you have to just you have to send that appreciation out because for me, I know that God and the universe, they that's what they like is they want to know that you're appreciating where you are so that mm-hmm. they can give you more for the future, you know? Yeah. Um and I know Brian's big on the whole listening to your horses thing. Um, and I love how, like, how you're in tune with your horse. Because Brian's got stories for days about how his horses tell him what they need all the time.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. If you listen, they'll tell you.
2: Yeah. And that, you know, and that's one thing. Like, when Firefly got sick, he actually got sick right after Woodward, Oklahoma. And um, I knew he was kind of needing to get, like, uh he does get his hawks done just for maintenance you know and so I was on my way home and I called Dr. Carden and they're like oh yeah just you know come in we'll fit you in I think it was like at four o'clock and so I was making my way to Sheridan and I left Loveland Colorado that morning and and he was fine like I didn't notice anything wrong four hours later and it was hot you know it was a hundred degrees and so I was like well four hours I'll get him out and get him some water and i went to unload him and my heart sank because i knew when he took one step there was something wrong and i thought he was colicking and so i just texted my vet real quick and uh i'm like firefly's not okay and i tried to walk him around and give him some water he couldn't hardly walk and i was like i he's bad you know and so i loaded him back up she said just bring him in here and so we got to run in some tests and stuff. She said, well, he's not colicking. And I said, well, you know, like, thank God, because that's not what I need either. And mm-hmm. But we done a bunch of tests and that kind of stuff. And he stayed in ICU overnight. And she said, you know, Dr. Curran said the next morning, she said, it's a good thing you know him because in 24 hours she said you would have had a very very sick horse and so that's like one of the things that even young girls coming up through high school they're like well you know what what can I do to better myself with my horse and I'm like get to know your horse like know when they're not feeling good um when they're acting a little bit off or like if they're starting to do something out of character during your run go get them looked at and um, I'm a big person. Like I said, like if Firefly does something three runs in a row, and usually those three runs happen within, you know, a day or two, you know, over a course of three runs, you know, they're usually pretty one right after another. And so I don't mess around with, you know, Oh, we'll just get them through with bandamine. Like, I just feel like that's a bandaid and that's going to make whatever's hurting them worse. And so, some people are like, "Oh, you go to the vet a lot." And I'm like, "Well, and I also feel that if you have regular just checkups and let the vet go through your horse, it prevents a lot of problems." Right. And so, um, like right before circuit finals, our circuit finals was um the 7th, no, the 8th, 9th, and 10th of October. So and which so, which circuit do you run again? Uh, we're in the Badlands. Okay, got you yeah and um, so after the in the short round of Pendleton, Firefly took a pretty just awkward step, and um, I don't know, he went to turn it like he did in the first round, but the morning of the short round, it had rained, and so that muddy was or that the ground was pretty sticky, it wasn't like slick or nothing, but just from getting wet from the rain just kind of made it pretty sticky, and he's one that likes to slide into his turns, and uh, so I got him home after that, and I just noticed some swelling on his fetlock on the left front, and so I took him in, and it's just little stuff like that, and it wasn't even a lot, but it I'm like, well, that's new. Like, it's not always been there, and so I took him in, and um, nothing was torn or anything like that. it was just kind of upset and swelled up a little bit, so we did some rehab on it at Nirvana Equine, and they have a PEMF machine, and they did that. And so thankfully, I was able to run them at circuit finals, but it's just little stuff like that. You know, like if you see swelling somewhere in an area where you're like, oh, that's that's not good, um, take them in. And, you know, like I just don't think it's worth keep running them and making them worse you know just take them in have it looked at and that way you're avoiding a problem later on down the road right
1: and you know I feel like a lot of people get so wrapped up in the billing part like the money part of the vet bills and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but okay it's only money like you can literally make more money like yeah like but can you make another horse that's going to get you down the road not not really like so if you look at it like your horse is an investment and it's it's something, it's a tool. I mean, I don't really want to say it's a tool, but it, I mean, it Mm kind of is, but at the same time, it's, it's your livelihood. Like, It's like taking your truck in to get the oil changed, even though, you know, it's running fine. You know, why, why wait until it like something starts to happen and then it costs you way more money later. And maybe even would put you out of a vehicle, you know, where you can just keep up on the maintenance, make sure they're, make sure your horse is healthy, make sure your horse is sound and feeling good. Because if they're not feeling their best, they're not going to be able to run their best, you know? And it's so funny because I feel like a lot of times barrel racers especially will will put their own needs aside and like uh and not like like they're running on like red bulls and like you know starbucks or whatever and that you know they're not fueling their body to the best that they can but yet they'll make sure that their horse is getting the best nutrition and all this other stuff Mm -hmm. but you know at the same time invest in yourself invest in your horse and everything will come in come together to work out you know because you deserve or your horse deserves to have the very best version of you so I mean Brian and I have talked about that on the podcast a lot where we have to take care of ourselves in order to give ourselves to whatever it is we're doing whether we're whether I'm shooting a rodeo or he's team roping or training a horse or anything like that you know it's an investment to take care of yourself take care of your horse and then you know just it's a it's like a vicious cycle that Yes. As long as you're taking care of yourself and putting in the effort and investing, you're going to get a lot of return on the investment, you know, yes. a.k.a. you're going to reach some goals that you wouldn't have been able to reach had you let your horse, like, get sick to the point where, like, he's hurt and you can't can't even go anymore, you right. know? Right.
2: Yes, so. yes, I totally agree. And, like, you know, I'm a big believer that whatever you put into something – you will get out of it. And, um, and so that's, you know, and like you said, you know, I'm, I take, you know, like when it's just Firefly and I, you know, like you said, whatever Firefly needs, he gets. And like, my mom will call and she's like, what did you eat today? (laughs) And I'm like, you. (laughs) uh, (laughs) you know, and like, so, but I've learned like to eat healthy on the road because, if I'm not feeling good, I'm not going to ride my best and then I'm going to hinder Firefly to to do his best, you know, because eating good and making sure you're feeling good out on the road, then you're going to ride better and mm-hmm. you're going to let your horse perform better, too. And um, so, yeah, it's uh, my mom. She's always big on that, making sure that I eat right because I have to stay, stay at my best, too, for Firefly.
1: I love that. God bless moms, huh? Yes. I don't know. My
2: mom, she's an angel. <laughs>
1: that's, a, that's amazing. So, so you said, um, the biggest question that the young girls ask, like, how can I get better or anything like that? What other, what other tips and advice do you have for anybody that's looking to begin their journey as a PRCA slash WPRA barrel racer? Um, what would you say to them to get them going and, and help get them set up for some success?
2: I would find um, somebody in your area or somewhere, you know, or even just being able to talk to somebody on the phone. Um, But find someone who's been successful in whatever area that you're trying to go to and just learn as much as you can from them. And, um, you know, find like a, a mentor type person and, Um, whether you're wanting to better your riding you know uh, Ashley Schaefer clinics like just find somebody in that area that puts on clinics that is you know that but you want to find someone that also matches your style of riding and um, you know and, and I'm not saying don't go to anybody else but if you when you're first starting to find someone that's very similar to your style it's going to make it a little bit easier for you to go to the next step and then once you get where you want to go but you want to learn something else from someone else's program that might not match your style but they might have some stuff that you can incorporate into your own and um honestly I go to my dad all the time about my horsemanship and a lot of questions like with the cowboy channels you know showing so many rodeos on tv like my dad could watch at tv you know at night and then by the time I got to my trailer if I kind of made an error or if I hit a barrel he'd be like hey kiddo like just change this next time and so like my dad is so crucial to my success this year too, because he's helped me correct things, you know, even for the very next day. Um, and so that's what I would show, just find someone that you can go to and just know, you know, feel comfortable around them that you can ask them any kind of question that you want and not feel silly about it. I went to like growing up, I went to Judy Millimackie's clinics and me being the shy person, and, I'll, and I'm not afraid to say this because I tell girls that ride with my dad all the time, like, for the, I went probably three or four years to Judy Millie Mackey Clinics, and she kept saying, your horse is in the wrong lead. Well, instead of just asking her, like, hey, what do you mean by lead? Like, I don't know what that is. And I was probably, I don't know, nine or ten, you know, and I, I had no idea what it meant. And then finally, years later, it dawned on me and I learned, I'm like, why didn't I just ask her, like, to find out then and there what a lead was, you know, because I didn't know. And um, so, like, and don't be afraid to ask questions. Like, no question is too, you know, stupid or whatever you want to call it. To find out, you know, that it's all about learning and don't ever feel like any question is too silly to ask because it's not. That's awesome.
1: I love it. Um. Brian and I are really big on the podcast of saying, you know, you you become like the five people you surround yourself with the most. So I love the stories that you were yes. saying about how you talk to Emily all the time and that you're sitting down with, um, you know, with, uh, I totally just had a brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lisa Lockhart, like, oh, yes. you know, you know, and it's like, I mean for those people that don't follow rodeo or anything like that like Lisa Lockhart she's like a legend you know oh, like yes. she's literally one of like the most incredible horsewomen like I've mm-hmm. ever seen you know everybody's been following her for years and she's got that great horse Louie that was just you know what they do give him the horse, the of, horse the- of the horse of the decade yeah, yeah I mean how freaking cool is that you know and so it's like if you want to become a professional barrel racer start hanging out with professional barrel racers. Mm -hmm. Like they're not, they'll, they're not going to push you away. Like they're going to be willing to help you no matter what, you know, because if anything, it's all for the good of the sport, you know, because how can we, how can we keep growing a sport if nobody's willing to help everybody else that's just barely beginning? Yeah. And, And
2: exactly. And that's like after circuit finals this year, um, I had a text message from Emily and she was congratulating me and it it was just so neat to see that, like for her to take her time, you know, I mean, she's been to the NFR three times. This might be her fourth, I think like, you know, in a row and, you know, Lisa, she's in our circuit too. And, you know, I come out and she's congratulating me and, Um, just to have those women that you respect and look up to, you know, um, someone's like, well, you're one of them now. And I was like, I'm a newbie, but like, I, I don't, I don't see myself as where they're at, you know, like I'm, Mm -hmm. I want to get better. Yeah. I want to win the world champion someday, the championship, And um, but like you won't ever get better unless you surround yourself with those types of people, you know, and um, so it's really neat to be able to to have, you know, Lisa and Emily text you, you know, and like Lisa's text me on and off, you know, late this fall and cheering me on and congratulating me and Emily too like it's just so neat to have you know you know Lisa who's been to the NFR 14 or 15 times to you know to tell you oh. congratulations and you're like holy buckets that is so cool <laughs> it's hard not it's hard not to turn
1: into a total fangirl like oh yeah I, so yeah, Lisa, I
0: still do that
2: <laughs> yeah
1: she uh she came to Burley Idaho my hometown rodeo and um uh, I was sitting in the hospitality tent and she just came over and sat down across from me and said, hi, how you doing? And it took me a second. I'm like, okay, I know who this chick is. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm retarded. Like that's Lisa Lockhart. Like, <laughs> you know, like, and yeah. if I would, if it would have clicked more like sooner, then I probably would have sat down and visited with her. But you know, at mm-hmm. the same time I had stuff, I had to get ready to go for the rodeo, but at the, yeah. you know, she's just, she just had a good vibe to her is what she I was, does. you know, going that yeah. like the point I was making that she just, she was just you knew she was just warm and friendly because you know how there's some people that you can just read their energy and just know okay I don't really want to sit with those guys you know and then there's other people that you that you just know that they're going to be warm and welcoming and you're like yeah I could hang out
2: with you Mm -hmm. you know for sure and that's like uh when I come home from the northwest I hauled cutter back to South Dakota for uh lisa and i was like fango, i'm like oh my gosh i have cutter in my horse trailer <laughs>
1: <laughs> brian does that when uh when the horses come to his barn too
0: yeah <laughs> yeah we have a we have a lot of people lay over here so if you ever need a spot near lehigh utah you know who to call
2: oh but yes we Thank have you. a
0: lot of people lay over and i'm always like freaking out of the horses that are in the barn
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: Brian, do you have any questions or anything? I feel like I'm kind of taking over.
0: (laughs) No, I just want to make sure um, one thing I thought of before we forget is I want to make sure that you give your sponsors a shout out.
1: Oh, yes. I thought about that,
0: too.
2: Oh, yes, of course. Um, Okay. I have picked up a few, so I hope I don't miss anybody. Um, Master Saddles, they picked me up in August. We made a saddle change to them in August, and their saddles were a big game changer for us. And then uh back out of Utah. Um Firefly gets that pretty much on the daily.
0: Uh, Powder
2: River vet supplies my vet Dr. Carden. Um simply Eden out of Utah they make the Tommy Balm and the cooling clay that I use on Firefly. Um Rocky Mountain C B D Ortho Equine Boots. Uh, best Ever Pads. My mom and dad, I always tell them they're a sponsor because they own <laughs> Firefly. So, b bar Quarter Horses, like, I obviously wouldn't have the horse that I do without them. Um, I know I'm forgetting some. Oh, Wyoming. I Golly, that would have been a bad one. And then Wyoming Downs. I just picked them up, too. So, they're the the big racehorse track in Wyoming and then um, I think that's all of them
0: gosh I like grew up at Wyoming Downs
2: you did
0: yeah my dad used to train racehorses so I spent a lot of summers there
2: oh wow that's awesome
0: yeah well it sounds like you have a great bunch of companies behind you and I know how important that is
2: yes they've all been so wonderful (coughs) awesome I love it well,
1: did you have any questions for us or did you, was there anything you wanted to add? Um, like, do you, do you kind of know your schedule for Vegas yet or not yet?
2: Yeah, a little bit. Um, I don't know. I had to, I started writing it down cause you know, like the WPRA has their own deal and then some of the sponsors, they have their own time that they want you to come sign autographs and stuff. And then just, Uh, so it's going to be a little bit busy, but, um, it'll, it'll be all right.
1: So where can, can everybody follow you on your social and like know where to find you in Vegas? Are you going to post that schedule on your social medias?
2: Yeah, I don't have, um, I don't know if I want to make like a, a fan page. Um, but I'm sure that's probably the easiest way to do it. But, um, throughout Vegas and stuff, I'll make all my posts public so people can see, um where I'll be at and that kind of stuff. But um I'm not uh I already told myself so I don't have very thick skin and I you know like I know what social media is like during Vegas and so I'm yes. not going to be on it a whole lot because I know that I just I don't have thick skin and um so I'm not gonna be on there a whole lot and um but yeah I'll have you don't my wanna own
1: you don't want to get hit with all the couch, what is it? What do they call the them? Couch, the couch
2: jockeys. couch jockeys. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, um, and, you know, and, like, one thing, you know, that everybody says every year is, well, they're there and you're not. But, um, so, I know that we will be there for a reason. But, you know, just to, I'm not, I, if I can stay away from negativity, I do. And so, I'm just going to try and not be on social media a lot but I'll make sure some of my family post on there you know where I'll be what it's like and maybe get on there a couple times just to do my own kind of update but yeah
1: yeah I like how you said stay away from negativity because protecting your energy and your own like your like protecting yourself and your own energy, like that's huge because it's so important. I know, I know I, I feed off energy a lot and in this business, and I say this business, meaning rodeo, like the rodeo business, it's a very high energy and very intense sport as (laughs) Mm -hmm. it is. So, I mean, I like when I'm amped up and like ready to go, you know, I feed off the, uh the crowd and the horses and the music and everything and that like it takes me probably at least an hour to wind down after a rodeo like if it's Mm -hmm. been like a big huge one and so you know different things that you need that you can do to like protect your energy is so important just because that's what is best for you to make sure that you're at your best so that Mm -hmm. everything goes well so do you have a game plan for vegas or are you just going to kind of go in and just roll with it
2: yeah, I'm just, um, I, I'm not going to try and make too many, you know, set plans for myself and just kind of go with it. And then, um, uh, you know, I, I do, I want to get to bed as soon as I can every night. Um, I know sleep is not very much in Vegas, so to take advantage of what you can. And I think like them starting earlier this year will help Yeah, that too. And, um, but no, I just, um. I'm pretty, pretty good at going, you know, like I need a plan, but like if something changes, I'm not one of those people that can't handle change in it either. So I'm just going to try and roll with the flow and see how it goes. (laughs) That's perfect. I love it. Well, Amanda, we are so excited and
1: grateful that you took a second to talk to us today. Um, I know you had to pull off the side of the road. Where, where are you and where are you headed next?
2: um I am actually I was out in a wedding or I I wasn't in the wedding I went out with Craig to his brother's wedding in California so I'm just headed home from that but then Wednesday we will head down to Waco Texas for the WPRA finals and um, get a few runs on him before finals and then um we'll go back home and just keep him exercised and we as long as like we don't get a bad storm or anything like that but we'll uh, leave after the day after thanksgiving.
1: Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. So you'll head you'll head to Vegas that that Friday then the 26th. Yeah. Sweet. Hopefully I see, hopefully I get to see you. I'm headed down the 28th for the PRCA convention, so Oh, good. Yeah, if you're running around, um swing in. I'm booth 500 at the convention um Oh, or yes. yeah. Yeah. And uh, I actually, this is kind of exciting, but I did get media credentials through Rodeo News Magazine. So I'll probably be at the rodeo a couple times before I Oh, that's um, so exciting. Yeah so, that's yeah, so I'm awesome. pretty stoked. So hopefully yeah. I get to see you. Uh, we'll definitely selfie because that's kind of a thing that I do. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> so Brian, did you have anything else you wanted to ask or add?
0: No, just thank you so much for your time. And I'm... Uh big fan. I mean, I was already, but I'm even more of a fan now and wishing you the best of luck in Vegas.
2: Thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening to have me on here.
1: Heck yeah, you betcha. So safe travels to you.
2: Thank you. You
1: bet. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.